Good morning. Welcome to Earthmakers, spiritual care for real humans. My name is Josiah, and I am the grateful creator and host of this podcast. I'm a New Yorker living in Minnesota. I'm a clinically trained chaplain and a spouse. I'm a recovering addict living with an eating disorder. I live with PTSD and other mental illnesses. Let's get started. Yesterday we had a really uh, cool opportunity to hear from my spouse, (coughs) Carrie, on her journey uh, to becoming a yogi uh, and a yoga instructor. And uh, all of the hard work that she's put into that, but also the thought and the ways in which I, I was struck at least because I, I live with her and she's my spouse but I have never um, I have never <clears throat> heard her describe things in the way that she did and I was fascinated by the way she talked about the yoga journey beginning as a physical journey being an athlete and missing gymnastics she wanted to engage with that but how the physical became and connected her with the spiritual and in that way what yoga presents to us is the proof that the physical and the spiritual are not separate things they are one One thing that she did not share yesterday, which kind of amazed me, is that the first thing that my spouse took up after gymnastics was running, right? So she started with, you know, 15, you know, 5 to 15 mile races, eventually started running full marathons in different states and then ran the full, started running these, training for and running full ultra marathons. She has joined the trail running community. These are individuals, wild, woolly, feral individuals who love to run on wooded trails and run 50 to 100 mile or more races. And this is a really cool spiritual community of people who are communing not just with their bodies and the and um, and uh, the practice of perseverance and endurance, but they're also communing with the earth and Mother Nature as they are in the deep of the woods, running for many many miles. Now, I am not a runner. I tried my hand at that, and it's just not my thing. So ultramarathon running sounds absurd to me. But I have watched Carrie do this work 
and uh, it brings her great joy. So that is a reminder too that we don't need to necessarily just take up yoga in particular to become um, more connected to our bodies. The practice of yoga, the traditional practices of yoga can be very beneficial and helpful in that regard. But as Carrie said yesterday, yoga is now. Yoga is something, and we're all yogis. Um, we're already doing things that help connect us to our body. We just may not be doing it intentionally or noticing. And as a, a Buddhist myself, my encouragement to you is to awaken to your intention. I apologize for the allergies this morning. Uh, they're pretty bad today. I've taken all the medications and I've blown my nose and I've done everything that I could possibly do and here we are. So um, you're going to have to bear with me. I apologize. Today I'm interested in what we were made to be. A lot of people run around looking for purpose and meaning and value. What am I here for? What was I put on earth to do? As if there were some mission. I think that this philosophy has been stoked by movies um, and, and books like, you know, stories like The Matrix. Neo was put on this earth to save and deliver the people being oppressed by the Matrix. To free those trapped by the lies within the Matrix. Right? Amelia Earhart had a mission. Edgar Allan Poe had a mission. Tom Hanks had a mission, and that was to save Private Ryan. Right? So for just a moment, we're actually going to do some meditation early on in the episode today. Take a seat, wherever you can, or lie down if you're able. If you're driving, just keep your hands on the wheel and your eyes on the road, and follow along as best you can. Take some deep breaths in through your nose, and out. In on four, one, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four. Do that a few more times. And then settle into the moment. 
allow your breathing to reach its natural in and out. Know that you are resting now in the hands of God, whatever you believe God to be, the universe, some kind of cosmic energy, Jesus, Allah, Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, the Wiccan Mother Goddess, Satan, kindness, unconditional love. Whatever this thing is, it's holding you. It's not just working around you, through you. It holds you. So breathe easy. Take a couple minutes to breathe and to settle into the moment, to be here now with your breath. Okay. Now, hear these words. them to yourself silently in your head. I am fortitude. I am strong. I am here. I am needed. fortitude. I am strong. I am here. I am needed. Thank you. There was a pastor who had started out as a musician 
and he decided that he was feeling a call from God to follow this path to uh, pastoral ministry. So he went to a seminary, studied the Bible, studied theology, studied philosophy, studied religion and spirituality, and uh, then he started, planted his own church, which I can tell you is not an easy task. And an even harder task after planting a church and getting people to come to your church is sustaining that church. But this pastor's church was in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and it grew. It grew and it grew and it grew, and it was a very popular church, very quickly. It took time, certainly, but it grew faster than this pastor ever thought possible. He was young, and he was new. And his church was the new happening church in town. And not just in town, but this church was starting to capture the attention and the imagination of Americans and American Christians everywhere. One Sunday morning, the pastor was sitting in his church office preparing for Sunday service. It was early in the morning and none of his congregants had arrived yet. And he sat in his chair and stared at the floor. He had prayed, he had looked over his sermon notes, he was ready. He did this every week. He knew what he was doing. But he found himself stuck, staring at the floor with his hands clasped, sitting at his desk. And then he heard the familiar sound of the doors opening and people entering the church sanctuary, preparing themselves for the worship service. And as he listened to bodies and voices flooding the space, he was seized with fear, a fear he hadn't felt before. And he looked down at his hands, and in his hands were his car keys. And in that moment, something told the young pastor to get in his car and drive away. To just get in his car and leave that very moment, to flee. He was scared. And he was crushed by this. Now, 
he did set the keys down and he did go out and lead the service and follow through as he did every Sunday. But that moment was an intense, overwhelming moment and he knew that he needed some kind of guidance, some kind of reflective help. So the young pastor set up a meeting with a counselor. A counselor who was also a spiritual care counselor, much like me. And as he was meeting with this therapist, he told her the story <clears throat> of that Sunday morning and how much it freaked him out. Basically along the lines of, I'm a pastor, this is my church, I founded this, I need to make it work. But in the story, the young pastor revealed how much undue pressure he felt to be a specific kind of person and pastor. And he was so scared and so overwhelmed by the pressure, he wanted to run. He was freaked out. And then his counselor looked him in the eye and said something to him that would follow him the rest of his life and would alter the course of his journey in a pretty radically powerful way. She said to him, you're something along the lines of, this is my paraphrase, by the way, your one job in this lifetime is the relentless pursuit of everything God has made you to be. Everything else is sin. Now, I don't love the Christian terminology and ideology around the word sin, so I'm going to replace it with my own terminology. Your one job in this lifetime is the relentless pursuit of everything you were made to be. Everything else is bullshit. This pastor's name is Rob Bell. And this story can be found in a book that he wrote, the very first book that he wrote, Velvet Elvis. Now, I haven't read that book in years, and I don't remember where the story is found. But a few years ago, <clears throat> I was working at a treatment center in Minneapolis, and my supervisor there, who's a dear friend, Nick, sat me down one day when he heard me exploding about all of the pressure I was feeling. And I just kept rattling on and on to him about how I needed to, needed to change my life. I needed to walk away from the role of spiritual care and clergy work, and I needed to invest in becoming a therapist or a licensed counselor and or a doctor or something else, something other than what I was currently doing. <clears throat> and Nick stopped me. And he reminded me of that story. And then he 
He looked me in the eye and he said to me, Joe, your one job in this lifetime is the relentless pursuit of everything God made you to be. Everything else is bullshit. Now, Rob Bell, you may not be familiar with, but he went on to uh, write a very controversial book after becoming one of America's favorite Christian pastors of one of the largest uh, Christian churches in the country. He went on to write a book in 2009 called Love Wins. Love Wins, he was warned about as he was writing it, but it is essentially the argument that if God is a loving God, then God sends no one to a place called hell. That there is no, and that there is no substantial biblical proof to prove, to uh, present to us an argument, a, a reasonable argument, for an afterlife of torture in a place called hell. <laughs> and the Christian community, the the Christian. Uh, right in particular disowned him and called him a heretic. And essentially, much like the Salem witch trials, wanted him burned at the stake. So Rob wound up having going through his own transformation. He continued to write and continued to pastor but found that things had shifted within him and things had shifted around him. Not in a way that had completely damaged him, but in a way that was presenting new opportunities. And so Rob, I'm guessing, knowing that he had been created to be exactly who he was and not who the media or the Christian right said he should be, walked away from his role as pastor of this church in Michigan and became a full-time writer and spiritual counselor. Rob went on to work closely with Oprah as one of her spiritual counselors. And he's gone on to write some really cool books and one of his uh, newer projects that is really gained a lot of popularity is called the Robcast. The Robcast, and on that podcast, Rob Bell does a lot of kind of what we do here on Earthmakers. Rob talks about spirituality and spiritual concepts, and he creates space for us to show up and wrestle with hard questions and to live freely, exactly as we are. And in that way, Rob's experience with Love Wins was kind of a gift. It freed him to be true to exactly who he is. And not to waste time on the bullshit. So, here's the question, my friends. How much time are you spending wasting on the bullshit? wishing that you were something or someone else, striving to be something or someone else. The majority of my life, that's exactly what I did. I pursued 
uh, full-time Christian parish ministry. I tried to run, I tried to weightlift, I tried to grow a giant beard, I tried to wear more flannel, I tried to brew my own beer, I tried to uh, do all kinds of things that would signify that I was masculine, that I was, and that I was a qualified, intellectual, straight, cisgender theologian who was a good fit for the Christian church. But this was all fairly disingenuous. And Nick reminded me that day, whether he knew it or not, that the stuff that you're chasing after is like a puppy chasing after moving tires on a truck. You're just going to chase after it no matter what. But the more you chase, addictively chase, the more it crushes you and lays you open. So here's the question. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? The great Quaker spiritual teacher <clears throat> and leader, Parker Palmer, utilizes the Quaker proverb, let your life speak. He even wrote a book titled just that, Let Your Life Speak. You should read it. It's a great one. And in that book, he reminds us that if we're confused about what we're supposed to be doing or what our purpose is, just let the life that we're already living speak for us. Get in touch with that inner person and let that person do the talking. Who are you? What's your purpose? What are you supposed to be doing? Don't get wrapped up in that shit. Just be here now and be the best that you can be. I know that that sounds super corny and cliche, but it's true. You know what your best is. You know what your best is. But no matter what you do, don't allow what you consider your best to be disingenuous. Or, or inauthentic. As Mr. As Reverend Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, may he rest in peace, used to say, the greatest gift you could ever give is your honest self. Everything else is bullshit. <laughs> Pretty sure Mr. Rogers didn't say that. I don't think he would have said that. But are you deceiving yourself? Are you leading yourself down a path that isn't for you? If you don't know now, you'll figure it out because it will exhaust you to follow all of these paths. It will wear you out. It will break your heart. It will confuse you. It will depress you. It will make you panic. It will hurt your relationships because if you were made for anything, it's just to be exactly who you are right now. Not the future you. Because if there is a loving God, if there is a loving higher power, then that loving higher power is only worthwhile if it loves you now. 
Do you believe that you are loved for who you are now? Not who you want to be? We think that we can set a goal, we can get there, and then we'll be lovable. But that future version of us doesn't even exist. It's an illusion. What are you doing? Building a self that you hope will be more likable? That will be more acceptable? You are either lovable and acceptable as you are now, or you're not. My friends, there is no gray area. So take a deep breath. And when you get overwhelmed, remember this. Your one job, and you only have one job, your one job in this lifetime is the relentless pursuit of everything you were made to be. Everything else is bullshit. And who wants to waste their time on that? Thank you. I love you. Take good care of you today. And I'll see you tomorrow.